Welcome to the teacher and the preacher. This program is all about the importance of coming to understand that the Christian community and the Jewish community have more in common than we have been led to believe. Rather than seeing each other as against each other, we need to come to a point of seeing that the statement that our country is a Judeo-Christian nation is much more than just a mere statement, but truly reflects the reality of our nation as it was and should remain. Every week there will be an interesting dialogue about the issues that have divided Jews and Christians and how we can move in bridging the gaps and see that by talking about the issues, we can better move in the direction of having more unity. Unity that will heal and help bring together a nation that is under attack by the forces of atheism, secularism, and a breakdown of family values. Join us now for a discussion between the teacher and the preacher. Welcome to The Teacher and the Preacher. I'm Dave McGuera, the preacher. And I'm the teacher, Hal Berman. And we have a wonderful guest this week. Uh, those of you who've been listening to our show, uh, you probably know, know from a few weeks ago, we did a show where we did five hidden gems, sites in Israel tourists rarely get to see. And we do these kinds of shows every so often, particularly the last year or so, because Israel has not been open to tourists because of COVID. Now it's open again. Uh, but instead of just hearing us talk about sites, we have somebody who really knows a lot about Israeli sites and, in fact, is doing it online. So I want to introduce to you Dr. Peter Abelo. He is the co-founder of Israel is Beautiful. He is an Israel educator and licensed tour guide for 18 years until his retirement in 2017. He was one of the directors of Keshet, the Center for Educational Tourism in Israel. He continues to inspire and engage families and groups as they tour the length and breadth of the country, as well as through virtual You Are There online tours. Peter grew up in New York City and attended the High School of Music and Art. He has degrees in engineering and law, as well as an extensive Jewish education. Before immigrating to Israel with his wife and four children in 1990, Dr. Abelow was a principal in Jewish high schools, first in New York and then in Baltimore. For 13 years, he also taught basic Judaism to beginners and converts in the highly acclaimed adult education program of the Lincoln Square Synagogue in New York City, led by Rabbi Shlomo Riskin. Peter, welcome. Thank you, Harold. Nice to be with you. And Dave, nice to meet you. Nice to have you with us this week. Welcome aboard. Thank you. So let's talk about this. This is an amazing thing. Most people have no idea that this is something that is available where you take and save them a trip, which we really don't want to do. But for those people <laughs> who can't travel or who haven't been able to travel, this this is an incredible thing. So I think you should start off by telling people where they can find your website and see some of the stuff that you're going to be talking about during this program. Okay, Dave, thank you. We, we created a website. Well, this goes back to the beginning of COVID a little bit more than two years ago when um, our entire industry collapsed. The tourist industry, obviously, is a major industry in Israel. And as licensed tour guides, we suddenly saw our entire business dissipating before our eyes as all the travel restrictions came into place. Um, so I approached a colleague of mine the suggestion that I've actually been thinking about for a long time anyway, although not in a COVID connection, if people can't come to Israel, let's bring Israel to them. Now, a lot of guides were doing this, and a lot of guides, a lot of guides were doing this at set times. Was, Do a tour with me at such and such a place, such and such a time, and come in and see me live. The concept that I developed was that we should be able to um, record 
tours live, but post them on a website so they're available to be watched at anybody's, at anybody's convenience at any time they want to watch them. Um, and slowly to build up a library of available virtual tours that can be watched at any time by people. And that's what we've done over a year and a half. There are now 82 tours on the site. To answer your specific wow. question, it's called israelisbeautiful.com. That's our website address. Israel is Beautiful is also our Facebook page. And as I said, over the course of a year and a half now, we've been uh, religiously sticking to our schedule of one a week and posting a new virtual tour every week. There are now 82 tours on the site, uh, which wow. members of the site can access any time at their convenience. They can access them more than once if they wish. Um, they can watch them with family members if they wish. Many of them are accompanied by family activity sheets. We felt as a family experience it would be great if we could have some sort of a material that, that parents could do with kids or grandparents could do with their grandkids, even in different places. So I would say more than half of the um, trips have activity sheets, three, four-page activity sheets. That's um, amazing. Uh, thank you. I, I thought it was a pretty creative um, and I think unique. I, I don't think there's anybody else doing it quite this way. Um, but thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And in addition, um, we do a live presentation every Sunday night, either my partner or I, based on the trip that was posted the previous Thursday. We put up a trip every Thursday evening, Israel time, uh, sometimes Friday morning if we run into a little bit of uh, technical problems. But the um, the trips are all filmed and professionally edited and put together by a professional video videographer. Um, and every Sunday night, we do a live presentation based on the previous Thursday's posted trip. Um, often something related to the trip, not a repeat of it, but just a live interactive um, session with viewers who are members of the site who come on. Uh, we range from 10 to 20 members on a typical Sunday night. And that is wonderful. So. Yeah, we're pretty That's proud great. of what we've created. Yeah, thank you. So, so Peter, um, realizing that with 82 tours, there probably isn't a typical tour, but <laughs> I'm going to ask it anyway. What What is a typical tour like? Oh, Harold, you're so you're so right. There there is no typical tour. I mean, you know, it's it's been evolving. I think when we started out, we thought that we would have typical tours, um, and we have one of the earlier ones was a tour through Jaffa, and another one about over the walls of the uh, a walk on the walls of the old city of Jerusalem, and another one a sunrise hike up to the to the uh, peak of Masada to the summit of Masada. Um, but over time, we began to branch out and do things of other interest. So we did a trip. We did a two-part series, for example, on accessibility for the um, for the handicapped in Israel, mm. including a wonderful piece of people with um, limited um, limitations serving in the IDF, a special unit of the Israel Defense Forces for autistic and Down syndrome, and it's, it's just such a moving piece. And and that was certainly not one of our typical pieces. Um, we did a piece on donut making for the holiday of Hanukkah. I don't know. Uh, so we visited a number of bakeries and, and traced the stages of producing of donuts, of jelly donuts, which in Israel are a big thing for the holiday. Um, we did a piece uh, last year. There was a Jerusalem Light Festival at night, and we went out and recorded at night, and we did a piece on Jerusalem at night with just the Light Festival. So, you know, we're trying to post different – aspects of Israel. Oh, yeah. We did a piece on, on um, organic farming in Israel of one of the kibbutzim, which is pioneering 
organic farming, green farming. And that was a two-part series that went up in two successive weeks. We, by design, decided to keep the trips under 20 minutes. Uh, the typical okay. trip runs between 12 and 18 minutes. Um, you know, we did some research. We were hearing people spending a lot of time in front of a screen. Um, an hour certainly wouldn't wash, which is what we thought of originally. And so every one of our trips is literally uh, eight, 12 to 18 minutes. Maybe wow. one of them went over to 21. Uh, but wow. yeah, and, and, and with time, we've had to become more and more creative. Um, we did a piece last week on um, the home of Shai Agnon, who was Israel's first the Nobel Prize winner. He won a prize in literature in the late 1960s. So we visited his home, which is not necessarily a typical tourist spot, but an interesting piece about the story and life of uh, Israel's first Nobel Prize winner. So there's a lot to pack in. And if you're talking about a 12 to 18 minutes and to try to convey, you know, even one site, I mean, there, there's a lot to pack in there. I assume these are pretty pa uh, fast paced. Um, they are. Um, you know, we, we've tried to balance between people who are novices, so to speak, and have never been to Israel and don't know much about Israel, with at the same time making it interesting and engaging for people who have been to Israel. But even people who come on a 10-day trip, which is the typical trip, a 10-day, 12-day, two-week trip, um, how many sites can you visit? Two a day, three a day, and they're just like... Dozens and dozens of places in the country that are so fascinating and so wonderful. Um, so we, we try to not to go into too much depth. It's obviously not a college lecture, but it's, uh, you know, we want to make it engaging and fun and interesting. And, uh, and yeah, we were, we're having a good time with it. And we, we typically film about 40 minutes of footage for every site and then script it. And um, it's worked on by a professional editor in, co in coordination with, uh, with us. And it's been quite, quite an exciting project. This is fantastic. You know, one of the things that I'm, I've been very fortunate to be able to do, Peter, is um, to have a chance to, to visit Israel almost 40 times. What sets this particular piece apart from a typical tour is usually when you travel to Israel and you get on that bus in the morning and you head out to trek wherever you're going to trek, uh, as you just mentioned, you're limited in, in how many things you can fit in. And if you go, if you go to this, this place, it means that you couldn't go to that place because you, you had to make a choice on what you were going to see. And that's why you have to keep coming back to Israel. What I love about what you've put together on your website here on these virtual tours is you're not just going to these, you know, archaeological digs and some of the most, uh, uh, well-known sites, you're, you're taking people into daily living. You're taking people into these places where you're going to visit, just as you mentioned, hey, guess what? This place here makes donuts, and uh, we have a chance to really have a chance to be there. And the only thing that the person is going to really miss out on is the smell and the taste of a donut at the end of the tour. But the nice thing about it is you guys have such a wide variety of things that you have posted for people to experience that are not going to be on your usual tour to, to Israel. You know, it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's way, way beyond and, and more um, narrowed down to experiential pieces that on people's free day or to just plan a tour to Israel with um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to walk through the old city. I'm just going to walk through the city of Jerusalem and experience these places. That's what you get when you when you go to the website. Israel is beautiful. 
com, and you see what's on there in these in these visual video tours. And and I just think it's so creative and and so informative. And as you've said, you know, you kind of keep it, uh, you know, limited to to twenty minutes or so and pretty fast paced. But wow, the stuff that you cover and the unique experiences. So the person who's watching this is going, hey, when I when I go to Israel, whenever that is, I've got to go to this particular place. I think that's what you're doing for people who visit your website. So it's interesting, Dave, because we've we, over time a number of different um, perspectives on the site have evolved. Initially, it was people who couldn't get here and um, would be able to visit Israel virtually from the comfort of their living room or their or their den, um, and then because we began to get a fairly large number of our memberships or senior citizens, we began to discover people were interested in places that even if they came to Israel, they wouldn't necessarily go to. They wouldn't climb the walls of the old city and walk on the ramparts of the ancient walls that surround the city of Jerusalem. And so vicariously, even if they visit Jerusalem, they're able to do something in Jerusalem that they physically can't do anymore, or climb up Masada. Yeah. I, I haven't climbed Masada in 15 years, and I'm, I'm happy to remember the last time I climbed up Masada as the last time I climbed up Masada. <laughs> uh, but people who are not going to make that climb, going to take the cable car, can get the experience of climbing as well through our virtual trip, which was a climb up the uh, ramparts. Um, and we've discovered people who are now beginning to plan trips and are using the website as a resource of things that they want to see when they get here. They don't know much. They don't know much about the country, um, so we've sent them to our website. People who've contacted us about an actual physical trip, I said, "Why don't you browse the website? Join it for a month. Join it for three months. Spend some time. Learn about Israel." We will plan your itinerary with you based on the things that you have seen that are particularly attractive and meaningful to you from your viewing on the website. So it's begun to take on that additional function as well, which was certainly not thought of in, in advance. What are some of the more popular tours? Oh, God. Or are there? <laughs> um, wow. I, I mean, I, I think <laughs> I think they're all equal. I'm sure they're all great. I'm just saying, are there ones that people tend to watch more or? Um, they, they tend to be watched more by as they've gone up. In other words, we'll have a fairly large viewing of the video that posted the previous Thursday, and, and that will get a, um, a large viewing, and it'll tail off over a period of uh, time within a couple of weeks. Um, and then you have new members joining the site or people who've been on the site for a while and have, you know want to start going over things they haven't seen in the past. Um, so I, I think rather than what what's the most popular – uh, they tend to be popular as they post, and then we'll suddenly see we've got a hit on a video that went up uh, eight months ago or six months ago or a year ago. I, I think people like the touristy sites, people like the Masada and the and the Jerusalem videos. Um, I did a piece – oh, my gosh. This has got quite a few hits, actually. Um, we did a piece about three weeks ago or four weeks ago with a woman who was on a tour that I led – maybe eight or nine years ago from the Boston Hebrew College. And uh, she decided to move to Israel. She was a retired math teacher, um, got a job in an archaeological dig. And there was a particular mm. challenge that came up. And as she says, they didn't realize that they didn't need a mathematician. They didn't need an archaeologist. They needed a mathematician because she discovered the geometrical key to King Herod's floors. 
And mm. she has become now over a number of years, literally the world's expert in the geometry of Herod's floors. Now, this may sound fairly boring, right? Unless you have to love job. <laughs> um, but we did a virtual, because she's back in the States now for a period of time. So we did a virtual um, program with her, which went up on the site in which she talked about the unique geometry of Herod's floors in uh, in Herodium and in Jericho, which was his palace, and how her work led to the identification um, of the confirmation of a palace in the Banias, which is a very popular Jewish and Christian site. Um, and they, through her work and the specific unique geometry, which call, she calls Herod's signature floor, um, mm. they were able to identify that Pretty much everybody agrees it's got to be Herodian now. Um, and that ended up being a fascinating video. And uh, uh, it's funny because I've, I've had math teachers say, wow, this was incredible. I'm, I'm using it in my math <laughs> class. <laughs> so that was That's pretty great. exciting. Uh, that, that, that got a particularly um, um, goodly, you know, goodly amount of views and interest. Um, you know, if I had had a, a math teacher who, who used that to teach geometry, I probably would have paid more attention. yeah me too me too you know uh, peter one of the things that uh people who who haven't traveled to israel don't really know is the length to which israel has gone to try to get people into these places into these sites where they've made ramps, they've tried to keep them from having to climb stairs. They've had, you know, uh, we, the bus will drop you off here and pick you up on the other side. I mean, the length to which Israel has gone to help people who are, uh, you know, challenged physically or up in years or whatever it might be, to still be able to come to Israel and experience Israel in a very meaningful and powerful personal way is no small thing. And I, 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 I love the fact that Israel has made that such a priority to help people experience the land of Israel. Talk, talk about that just a little bit, because I'm sure you've seen over time, not only the development of that, but also the increase of uh, more restrooms available for, for tourists. Correct. I, I think the department, you know, the Ministry of Tourism in this country has become more and more sensitive to the issue that you're raising, Dave, of making Israel accessible to strollers and wheelchairs. Um, and so you have many sites ranging from archaeological sites. Masada today, you can get to the very top of the cable car and tour most of the site without leaving your wheeled vehicle. And as if you're incapable of, of physically moving around yourself, um, Masada is now totally accessible for either handicapped or strollers. At the other end of the spectrum, Tel Dan, which is a nature reserve, has a boardwalk which is handicapped accessible for a good, uh, a good portion of its length. And uh, many sites, as you say, are becoming more and more sensitive to reaching out to that population. And as I mentioned earlier, we did a two-part series on accessibility in which we underscored some of those sites. Uh, places that are available. And interesting that you mentioned this, because one of the uh, directions we're now moving, uh, we've had inquiries from senior citizens' homes, from retired facilities that are looking for programming for people. 
And, you know, it's just the perfect length. These are people with not necessarily long attention spans. And uh, they're able to visit Israel on a regular basis through these virtual tours, which are short and engaging and fun. And, um, and, and so we're now just beginning to develop that, uh, um, um, that market of the senior citizens facilities that are looking for programming and see this as a possible means of providing something meaningful to their residents. Amazing. I yeah. love that. So how did you end up getting into the tourist industry? <laughs> the short answer or the long answer, Dave? The short one. <laughs> the short one. Um, so, so the question really is how I ended up getting into education because as Harold mentioned at the beginning, ah. my, my undergraduate degree was engineering and then I went to law school and I really thought I was going to become a patent lawyer, <laughs> which made sense. Um, and I ended up, uh, and that, I'm going to skip the long story. I ended up uh, being in Jewish education. I taught six years in the New York public school system and then in the uh, the Jewish educational system. Um, and in that capacity, as well as my adult ed capacity in uh, Lincoln Square Synagogue, I had led, I guess, six or seven trips to Israel through the years, uh, either students or adults from the synagogue. And I, I always said to myself, wow, if I move to Israel, I just am so enamored by the passion and the knowledge and the um, uh, excitement of the Israeli tour guides. If I ever moved to Israel, I think I would want to do that. And we moved to Israel in 1990. I saw an ad for the tour guide course. Um, it was in Hebrew. I'm in my mid-40s already. I said, wow, I will never be accepted. But guess what? I was accepted. And I kind of broke my teeth on the Hebrew and remarkably passed Almost all of the exams. I didn't pass one exam in botany, <laughs> but I, but I, but I, but I passed everything else. I passed the archaeology and I passed the Judaism course and the Christianity course and the Islam course, all of which are subdivisions of the Israeli uh, tour guide course, which is a very, very serious course. I mean, it, it's uh, two years long, right? It was a two-year course. Uh, to yes. me, it, it was analogous to the bar exam in America. I mean, that's how intense it was. Wow. Um, and wow, suddenly I found myself as a licensed tour guide. And, and the short of it, Dave, is that's how it happened. I, I, you know, my relatives in America began to send uh, um, people who were coming, friends, their relatives. And over time, the word spread, I guess, uh, word of mouth. And uh, I developed a business out of being a tour guide in Israel. And I loved it. It was just so rewarding and so exciting to be able to see Israel through the eyes of people who were visiting um, I did, for the most part, Jewish tourism, but I did church groups as well and school groups. I did interfaith groups over the years that I was guiding. And, um, you know, each one is different and unique. And I, one of the things I took out of my years as being a principal and transferred to the touring business is that, you know, an educator has to teach the students as they are. You're not teaching the subject. You're teaching people. And you're guiding people. So I could guide Masada, you know, five times, and it could be five different guiding because of who the people are, what their backgrounds are, what their interests are. Um, look, the essential factual material is the same, but the emphasis, the uh, the developing of the site and its historical importance all have nuances which can be adjusted to make it most meaningful to the people that are as part of your group that you are guiding. And I found that to be exciting, that I, you know, I could guide a site a hundred times and I could probably say I've never guided it the same way twice because the people are different and it's always the people that are the focus, not the site. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and we try to bring that to our virtual programs as well. That, that, uh, look, you and the, especially Dave, you and the, uh, um, uh, the past, the pastoring 
what's the term pastoring business in in a uh, yeah sure <laughs> yeah um, you know clearly you are a, a person who is sensitive to the needs of your congregation of your flock so the analogy of that is that an educator and I believe tour guides are educators have to be sensitive to who the people are again what are their interests what are their backgrounds yes um, and and yes. kind of to adjust the site and many sites have that capability of being um, flexible enough to present it in a way which is most meaningful to the participants that you're that you're guiding. Oh, Herodian. Herodian is a very popular one. Um, one of Herod's real masterpieces that only recently is becoming known, uh, more and more known, a site called Herodium, about 10 miles from Jerusalem, a, a fortress built by King Herod in the first century BC. It's an amazing place. Looks like a volcano. Exactly. I love it. <laughs> what, what, I, what I really appreciate what you had to say, Peter, in regards to these, these Israeli tour guides those guides who understand people are the, are really the greatest guides. They they know, hey, it's at that time of day when everyone's starting to kind of, uh, you know, nod off, and I've got to keep this presentation short. I mean, they're 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 very sensitive to, man. These these people uh, they haven't got shifted over to the time zone they're in yet, so I've got to just kind of pace our our day a little bit here. I mean, those those are such great. Uh, points that you made because that Israeli guide who is factoring in who, who the people are, what their background is, where they came from, all those things. I think the greatest Israeli tour guides, and there's many of them are just uh, tuned in. Just as you said, it's, it's not teaching the subject, it's teaching the people. And that, that carries with it some pretty uh, substantial decision-making along the way of how much I can actually you know, go into detail on and how short I need to keep it or, or yeah. what our time frame is that, you know, we're up against today. I mean, there's, there's a lot to it, not just the knowledge, but just reading people. I, I, I loved that point you made. Right. Look, Here. there'll be people that are just, oh. yes, Harold. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I just, I wanted, before we run out of time, I just want to make sure we get this in, uh, you know, our listeners uh, listening to the show, uh, if they want to access your website for so I think you ought to, uh, give the website address again. And, but let's just say you have somebody and they haven't been to Israel or maybe they've been to Israel once on a 10-day trip and they go to your website and there's 82 uh, and, and going up all the time videos. Um, you know, what would you suggest? How should they begin? How should they, they start? So we are actually considering adding a page to our homepage as to uh, different categories that answer that question. Um, I don't want to spend more time giving you the detail of how we'll do that, but there'll be five or six categories, each with four or five videos listed mm. that you might want to look at first if your interest is so and such and such and such. Okay. And, and can you just give us the website address again? Just for so the website is www.israelisbeautiful.com. It's a membership site, but we've tried to balance things and keep the membership very, very reasonable. You know, clearly we're investing a lot of money in producing quality material, and that's why we felt that we had to go the idea, you know, the route of a, a membership site. And I think, by the way, one of the most meaningful things we do are the weekly Sunday sessions. It's uh, not great timing because we do it at nine o'clock in the evening Israel time, so it's two in the afternoon on the East Coast, eleven in the morning on a Sunday on the West Coast but they're interactive and they're live and they're fun and people have gotten to know each other and uh, ask questions and contribute. So we really uh, encourage people to join us on those things as well, which is a part of the membership on the site. Love that. 
Guys, we're out of time. I so appreciate and have loved having our special guest, Peter Evelo, on this week on The Teacher and the Preacher. Thank you for joining us, Peter. So appreciate that. Thank you, I look Dave. forward to meeting you. Uh, I was going about to say, look forward to greeting you personally here in Israel. And I thank uh, you, Dave, and you, Harold, for this opportunity to be with you today. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been great. Well, I'll tell you, uh, take, take a moment and uh, check out The Teacher and the Preacher uh, at our website, theteacherandthepreacher.com. You'll find archived programs and good information about The Teacher and the Preacher. And it'll give you a chance to also stand by us financially. And, and we're donor-supported. You can just click on the Donate button, and it's painless. Check out our Facebook page, The Teacher and the Preacher. Harold does a great job posting great things there. And then take a moment and email us, the teacher and the preacher at gmail.com. Until next week, may the God of Israel, who never slumbers and never sleeps, may he watch over Israel and all of our Jewish friends, and may God bless America. Amen.